the weather was unusually um, not so good at that time that he was there. It had just rained. Maybe the water was higher than it usually is. So he, he drowned. Um, you and your brother, were you, was that your only sibling? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he was seven years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So... Did you get... The, who got the news first in the family? Was it you? My dad. Your dad got it first? Yeah. And he had to call you? I woke up in the morning and saw all these missed calls. I turned my phone off when I go to bed. And from my parents. And, you know, all these frantic messages about, you know, call us back and stuff. So I called them back in the morning and found out in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Surreal. And then later that morning, we were on a flight, you know, it was surreal. And mm-hmm. then three or four days afterward, we came, we came home with his body. I'm Anson Mount. In this podcast, we strive to bring you stories and interviews, not about the great works that enjoy the bright light of day, but about the hidden source that fuels their creation, that fuels everything. Welcome to The Well. Ken Leung is an actor who I worked with very early in my career. In fact, I did my first real gig with him all the way back in 1998. It was a very heady experience for me, my first time being on a professional stage in New York. I had the lead role, and it was a lot of pressure. Beyond that, the play was getting a lot of press at a time when I was questioning my own abilities. Ken was always kind, supportive, but very quiet. And being so self-involved at the time, I didn't come away knowing a lot about Ken. I didn't see him for many years after that first show, and in the interim, things happened in Ken's life that I couldn't even have imagined. In curating this first season of The Well, I obviously asked a lot of my friends if they had any interesting stories about their own creative inspirations. So when Ken told me he wanted to talk about his brother, it surprised me. But not after hearing this story. We think you'll agree. Here's Ken. So you're from the city. You're from New York. Yeah. What did your parents do? My dad was a a math teacher. He taught AP Calc high school. Um, And my mom worked in a bank. Hmm. Um, Yeah. Why why did they come to New York? My parents don't, don't talk very much. So over the years growing up, I've, I've only been able to cobble together pieces. Um, I, I even get a sense that whenever I ask about their history and whatever, that it's a taboo subject. So I've learned to uh, kind of gather little pieces of information almost just by over time, 
Even though we have almost no relationship now, I try to. Um, and I reach out to them and I try to. Mm -hmm. They they have trouble responding to me. Why? I don't know. Now I think the reasons may have evolved. And I mean, now I'm uh, seemingly kind of well adjusted and I have I'm I'm socially balanced I don't shrink from my feelings and I know how to you know talk to people um, and maybe that scares them a little mm-hmm. like you know there are th- there are things you shouldn't talk about but I I w- I I want to talk about them and so that's a challenge like what just like you know like if my dad like my brother you know like losing my brother um, they don't like well, I mean we never mention it uh, last my mom, the last thing my mom said about it all years ago now was like, she can't even, she still, she can't believe he's gone. And in my mind, you know, that's really unhealthy. I mean, we, we should embrace that he's gone in a way that keeps him here. You know, it, there's nothing more hurtful to yourself than to deny something you know is true you're you're constantly fighting yourself you know Mm -hmm. so for their own well-being i i'm always coming from a place of well let's just look at it let's look at what this is you know in that in that respect it's my brother but with whatever um why are you mad you sound mad why what are you what are you mad about and that's a challenge they see that as a challenge well it's almost like I s- saw something I'm not supposed to see or something. So it ends up being that. It ends up being a kind of nothing. And how did you lose your brother? He, uh, it was his 36th birthday, and he, he had moved to China uh, for a couple of years. He was living in Shenzhen. Um, and he he had a... A business that made him a lot of money so and he always liked to say that uh, he feel he felt like a retire a retiree so he'd go on a lot of trips and he went on a birthday trip to Thailand to Phuket and he went on a day tour on a boat uh, this boat took them to various swimming holes and whatever uh, sites and they went to this beach and there was a cordoned off area in the water that was supposedly safe for swimming. He doesn't swim, and I don't. I don't swim. Uh, and it's unclear how it happened. Uh, they just found his body outside of this cordoned area when uh, the friend he was with uh, discovered that he was missing. Uh, the theory is that uh, some rip current, riptide, pulled him under from the safe area into the 
I don't know, deeper area. It's unclear. When I say it's unclear what happened, there, there was a time when I suspected foul play because his business is, his business puts him in contact with some seemingly shady people, a couple of whom I met when I went to Thailand to retrieve it, to bring, it, to bring him home when uh, my wife and I, my now wife and I, went to Thailand to bring his body home. Uh, we encountered a couple of people, his, his friends, supposedly. One was a girlfriend that he told me he kept trying to break up with and would just not break up with him. The other was uh, uh, one of the artists that he employed but also housed. Um, so we met these two and they, they had this strange, like they had more rights to him than, than we did and wouldn't turn over his belongings, you know, his computer, his luggage. Uh, it was just shady, you know, and just crying like, you know, there's too, too much crying. There is a weird, I'm an actor, so I can, I can sense when someone is acting. And when you're doing something too much, in, it, it feels weird. And just every exchange with them just felt weird. And I didn't know what their agenda was. So for a while, I was like, what happened? You know, you, you're obviously too upset to tell me so I can only surmise, you know. Um, yeah, it was hard. It was a hard time um, to have to deal with them on top of my brother, you know, on top of my brother. So. Did you ever get his stuff back? I got some of his stuff back. Uh, a friend of Nancy's had a cousin who was in the Thai military, and she helped us. She's like a superhero to me. I mean, they left uh, Phuket without telling any, any of us and were on their way to, go, to leave the country with his stuff in the airport. And we were able, this, this um, Piloy, she was able to go to the airport, um, make a picture of them, pass it out to every counter of every airlines and track them down in the airport. Wow. <laughs> it, was, it was out of a movie. It was like a Mission Impossible movie. She was like, you wait here. And she went and did her, her, her CIA stuff. And the next thing I knew, they were in front of us with the airport security demanding that they return my brother's belongings to me. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, could not have done, I don't know what we would have done without Piloy. That's amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. She will forever be our, you know, our, our family now. I spent the last three years settling his affairs. I think I did a pretty good job at it. It was, it's, 
it's an amazing experience to get to do too because I'm totally unfamiliar with his world and digging into his stuff kind of I needed to check in with him you know, is this the right thing and should I should I sell it to this person not that person why is this person being so short with me and just kind of trust my instincts but also keep an open line with him you know mm-hmm. um, and try I, to hear hear your brother's e- voice exactly right yeah. exactly right um, so you know lots of people are like oh I'm so sorry you have to do all that I love I, I missed it when I was kind of finishing up you know now I'm kind of done with it um, everything is pretty much done and I miss it you know because it's like even now I once in a while I'll go into his email to see what else is there you know yeah I, I miss the it's it's uh it's really great to be able to do that for anybody who's who's you know experienced the loss to go into somebody's personal stuff with love And that was going to be about it for this episode until later on I found myself listening back to it and realized I'd missed a pretty obvious question. I'm still learning about this interview thing from the other side of the mic. Anyway, I caught up with Ken at work a little later and uh, you'll hear our equipment in the background. Here's me stumbling with that question. Um, so it occurred to me when we were talking that I asked you, I asked you everything about... Uh, your brother's death, but I, I came away from it feeling like I didn't ask you anything about your brother. <laughs> so, what I was wondering is if you have uh, any, if you have a story about your brother. You know how, like, I have a, I, every now and then, I have a friend or family member and I'm trying to describe their personality. I know that I have a sort of go-to story or something that sort of illustrates the kind of person that they are. I'm wondering if there's anything like that that you have about your brother that you tell. Well, there's, there's, okay, well, there's, there's lots, but one that I find interesting is there was a time when he was, we have a seven year difference, and there was a time when I was in my late teens and he was in his pre-teens where he was hanging out with a bunch of his friends. They were bike riding in the woods somewhere near our home. And they came across these bags of uh, pornographic magazines. <laughs> and they got all excited and they divvied them up amongst themselves and then went home. And he came home feeling so bad. He had done something so awful. And he came to me and he was like, you know, I, I, I did something. And I left it downstairs in the in the living room floor, and I was like, "What? <laughs> what, what happened?" So I went down there, and you know, I was like, "You know, it's it's okay." You know, I, I he was so I remember him being so kind of embarrassed or ashamed or, or anything. But the ironic thing about this story is that in later years he he grew up to manage a whole network of uh, animated porn sites. And that was his, that was his business. 
um, he, I, I think somewhere in the, in, in the, uh, somewhere between the, sh the shame of it, which was off balance with what had happened, you know, to what he, what he chose as his life, he made some kind of huge leap in his, you know, evolution as a sexual person, as a man, as a, just as a person, as a creature. And uh, he was also an artist, so I find, you know, over the, I find it amongst his things, a lot of his drawings and, and stuff, it's just, and a lot of it is, you know, kind of pornographic or when he was just starting to draw human bodies. And it's, it was just interesting to remember that moment um, and to imagine, you know, how he, how it turned into, you know, his profession. Is it, there's something that, that like, that, that was shame turning into this thing that maybe he had to understand through mastering it, it Maybe, it seems. maybe. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it could be called, yeah, maybe. I, I, maybe not mastering, but like in Shenzhen, where the, do, the American dollar is really strong, and he was already making, you know, a ton of money, he lived like a, a playboy. He, li he, was a, he found a way to kind of live out his fantasies and his dreams and just every, every boy's fantasies, you know. Um, I, 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 you know, I think about this a lot. It's like, okay, you reach that place. One would think the next phase is to kind of, you know, pass that and find something, maybe find something deeper that's not, that's not so, um, I don't know what you would call it. So, I, you know, I, I always, I always wish that he would find love eventually. I don't know that he did, you know. He found pleasure. So I, that's, that's one of, uh, that's one of my sadnesses when I think about him. Um, are there any, are there any stories that, uh, that sort of get told around the family that make, make people laugh about him? No, you know, my parents don't talk about him at all, at all. I know there was a car ride with, with me and my mom where she kind of doesn't even accept that he's gone. We're not that sort of family either. We don't sit around and kind of release tension by telling stories, you know. I wish we were. I wish we could. Um, but we've they're not that kind of my parents are not that kind of people it it's part of why I do why I do this why I found acting to be such a great just release of everything you know I otherwise would have kept inside um, so not really what's the best thing that your brother ever did for you You know, he gave he gave me he gave me his. Um, he was, you know, the seven years difference. He was like my baby. He wasn't even a brother. I took care of him, and I, I, I got to be a big brother. 
you know, we went to the same school and sometimes he would need to see me and they would send him to my classroom and I remember everyone would be like, oh Ken, you know, you have such an adorable little brother, it would be so cute, just a little toddler coming into my, and it made me feel important and responsible. And Did he look up to you? Yeah, he did, he did. Um, I have a recording of us, of when he was five and I was 12. And where, I used to love Rocky too. And where I'd listen to it over and over, we would both listen to it over. I knew it word for word, inflection for inflection from beginning to end. And, and he did too because I did. And in this recording, he's drawn a, a brochure for Rocky II merchandise. Um, and he's talking, he's selling it. And he's narrating his pictures and stuff. And it's, it's, it's one of, you know, I had, I had, I'd not shared it with him. I'd always want, I'd wanted to save it. He didn't know I had it. He doesn't know I have it. Um, didn't know I had it. And so I've always waited for like a big birthday. It's his 40th birthday this Saturday, actually. And so, you know, something like that is probably when I would give it to him. So I'll probably play it on Saturday just for, for us. And then, that was how many years ago? It's, it's uh, four four years ago, 2013. And you had your daughter when? My son. Your son. Um, two son. years after. Yeah, last, yeah. Um, 2015. So he'll be, wait, two, yeah, two years after, 2015. So yeah. you lost your brother and then this new thing, this new child came into your life. Yeah. It must have been a bit of whiplash. Well they were tied you know I I think after Nancy and I went through that it just I mean we went through it together so I mean it was she has her side of it you know it was life-altering for both of us she knew him Kevin um, and it just felt 
you know, one of my first thoughts was, oh, he's never, he's never gonna, whatever kid I ever have, you know, they have an uncle that they'll, they'll never meet. So once that was in my head, I was like, oh, we should have, (laughs) we should have a kid so I can tell them about, you know, their uncle. Mm -hmm. It's on me to, to give them the uncle that they'll never meet. Mm-hmm. So I liked that idea. I liked that. I like getting to do that. Had there been any anxiety about being a freelance artist and having a child? Um, no, no, not really. No, you know, when you lose somebody or when you have a kid or for, for me, I can only speak for me. You don't have those worries any. I I didn't. I lost so many. I, I I I don't care about things that I used to. I I care now about things I never had reason to. You know something like that. I can. I, we're we're here for just a little bit, and we're gone, and nobody <laughs> nobody cares. You know, I don't mean that in a way where people are heartless. It's just how it is. We move on. The world moves on. We're going to be dead. It's cool. <laughs> you know, it's not to be depressing. We all know this, too. So it's not a news flash. So be here. You know, love as much as you can. And go to the next thing. Because there will be a next thing. That's another thing that I've realized. There is a next thing. For sure. That's our show. While putting it together, we found ourselves wondering why there's a Mother's Day and a Father's Day, but not a Siblings Day. Well, turns out, there is. April the 10th. There's even a Siblings Day Foundation working to make it a nationally recognized holiday. You can find out more about them at siblingsday.org. Special thanks to Ken Leung for sharing his story with us. Extra recording for this episode of The Well was provided by Nancy Bulalakau. Musical contribution by Dashiell Leung. Theme music by Jonathan Myberg. Additional music by Sonic under a Creative Commons attribution license. You can find out more about them and about our podcast at thewellpod.com. That's thewellpod.com. And if you really like us, you can help us out by giving us a review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts. We'd appreciate it. Have a great week. <laughs>